hello and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, and shedding those limiting beliefs. Today, I'm joined by Danara. Danara is a health coach and a TEDx speaker. She helps women balance hormones naturally and reconnect with their bodies so that they can look and feel amazing in their body and their mind. I love this conversation and you should really check out her TED Talk. It's got over 31,000 views on YouTube and somebody in the comments was like, this should be taught in school. I personally learned so much about how to honor my cycle and why we feel some type of way during some weeks of our cycle. Danara teaches you how to use your cycle to both train and rest harder and smarter. She teaches you how to improve your life by using your body's natural cycle and how to identify and rectify hormonal imbalances that you might be dealing with. I know that many of you who struggle with sustained energy levels for all of the goals that you want to get will benefit from this conversation and I am so excited to share it with you. How is it going, Danara? Hiya, I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to chat to you and I love the lens that you bring in terms of those hormone imbalances and helping people get more done with their lives and helping them stay on the right track. I honestly feel like when you get into this realm of helping people be their best selves, it's really because there's been a moment where you felt like you needed that help or you felt like, you know, this is something that needs to be shared wider with the world. Can you share the context of your life that we would need to know as to why you're helping people in this way today? Yeah, I love that. So for those that obviously they wouldn't know, my name is Dinara and I'm a women's health coach and I work with women specifically on restoring menstrual health and also listening to their menstrual health as a as an empowerment tool, something that as women we have innately within us and also use it to help overcome hormone imbalances. I work with other sort of modalities of the hormones, the gut health connection between hormones, but the period health is the menstrual health is sort of where my, where my passion lies. And the way that I got here, you're absolutely right. It was because of the personal journey. And so it kind of started in my twenties when one day I woke up with period pain that was so excruciatingly painful that I had to call an ambulance and I thought that it was my appendix and they came oh, no. and the doctors arrived and then they said hey um, it's not it's just your periods and it's kind of like and I think it's for many women we live with this notion of excruciating pain and discomfort and just writing it off as a, making an air quotes as just your period where in reality it's it's a symptom that your body is giving you in order to make you pay attention because when we think about it, like the world hasn't been designed in a way where a 50% of the population were meant to suffer and struggle, which mm. unfortunately is the reality of it today. So understanding my menstrual cycle, healing it, I kind of understood the ins and outs of my body. So I was able to properly support it. Wow. That is insane. So mm. personally, Dinara, like I think I've hit the birth lottery in terms of periods. I don't have crazy pains, like maybe sometimes I have a regular period. I was able to get the 10-year copper IUD, like it wasn't too heavy or painful. Yeah. So I I can't relate to that story. But personally, 
that just doesn't seem right to go order an ambulance, if ordering an ambulance is a thing, call an ambulance. Yeah. It's to, to <laughs> oh, just your period. That seems wrong. What was your thought process in that moment? Well, in that moment, I thought my appendix ruptured. So I just needed yeah. to make sure that I address it. And you didn't really, you don't, didn't really write it off as the, as the pain, as the, like the period pain, because I remember my face just went blue. It kind of lost all color. And mom's like, we need to call an ambulance. And it's yeah. kind of the way, the way it happens. And it's in the moment you, you, you just kind of think that, okay, this is, this is, dangerous but then once the medical professionals arrive and they tell you don't worry about it this is just normal you kind of like okay i guess this is just how i live and i think for many women we look at it as being like having a period pain is sort of just being a woman is kind of given it as this diagnosis Mm. kind of uh, uh, verdict where you have to where now that you're a woman you're gonna have to deal with painful periods you're gonna deal with like variety of other things and I'm hoping to change that yeah and I bet you do because obviously you've done it for yourself so can you talk Mm -hmm. more about you know obviously you didn't get the help that you needed from the medical system it's just your period you're a woman deal with it just like 50% of the population does so what mm-hmm. did that journey look like to healing and balancing out those hormones so it wasn't as painful i love that question and my journey the way that so the way that i came to it so when i got called an ambulance, tried to heal my periods, I needed to address it. So I ended up going to the doctors and the doctor placed me on a birth control pill, which happens to most of women when they go to the doctors and they address any gynecological issues, unless they're having a baby, in which case uh, there's a whole new other chapter of treatment that opens up. But up until that point, the only thing that doctors typically give away is the birth control pill. So whether you're experiencing period pain, whether you're experiencing irregular periods, PC, COS, endometriosis, and more complex conditions, the birth control typically tends to be the it solution. But what I didn't know, and I think what a lot of women often don't know when they get that prescription is all of the side effects that come with it. So for me, it began, it came with a lot of, I'm not an anxious person per se. Uh, however, it came with a lot of anxiety, a lot of mood disorders. And I've just changed as a person when I went on a birth control pill. And on top of it, I've gained a bunch of weight and it just didn't really make sense. And around the same time, I was going to the gym, but I wasn't able to grow my muscles, my uh, libido, my sex drive was absolutely at a zero. So it's just all of these things that have happened that I haven't necessarily connected to birth control for a little while. But um, until my friend told me that you basically became crazy. And I think it's time you come off of this pill. And I was like, yeah, I was like, wow, I guess, um, I guess it has to do with the, with the, with the pill. Anyways, I listened to her, came off of it. And it was like overnight, the veil sort of been lifted from my eyes. And it's almost like I was able to see clearly. I also was able to feel deeper. And I think this one might throw people off because what what happens with birth control is our emotions sort of get muted. We kind of like mm. put these gray glasses and there isn't a lot of color. There isn't a lot of emotions that, and I'm not saying that for everybody, but that's my experience along with women in my practice. And it's very, there's a very logical hormonal explanation why that happens. But when you don't know, you're like, what's happening? I guess I just changed. When your personality doesn't really change, it's just, it's just essentially that. 
So then I sort of got off the birth control pill that didn't fix my period pain, still had experienced period pain. And then I had a conversation with a friend who told me that period pains are actually not normal. And to me, that was like just revolutionary. I was like, what? Like there is women that don't struggle with period pain. And it's interesting because my mom struggled with period pain, my grandma, it's my aunt. So I just thought it was like in the family, like the hereditary yeah. disease. When in reality, it's absolutely not. It's It basically means that you've got some inflammation in your body and uh, hormonal imbalance, which you need to, which you need to fix. And so when she, when the friend sort of raised this period pain is optional narrative, I thought that, oh my goodness, I got curious. And that's when I came across uh, understanding your menstrual cycle and actually how over the course of menstrual cycle, we go through a distinct four phases. And within through those four phases, our body changes quite a bit. Like we, we hungry sometimes before our period. And then we're not really hungry during other times. Sometimes we have more energy we're more outgoing and then there are other times where we can't think of anything worse than go out with friends so it's like we we shift and often as women we're so used to taking on that blame and just feel like something is wrong with us Mm. so and when we get that menstrual cycle awareness and understand our bodies we sort of realize that actually nothing is wrong with you it's just your hormones and when you learn to work with them you learn the parts that can be a little bit challenging and how to work with those or you learn to not have symptoms at all wow Mm -hmm. yeah that sense of awareness is is game-changing it's really funny what you said you thought it was normal to experience pain because I must say I feel weird for not experiencing pain and for having a sense of ease and I wouldn't say happiness, but acceptance around my period and, you know, realizing that my body goes through phases. But I do notice that women, especially when I'm training them, don't have a sense of acceptance around the ebbs and the flows of their body, especially when they're leading up to their period or maybe in their heaviest days. They feel, uh, in general, my clients have felt not great for not being able to lift as heavy, like there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with them when it's just a fact that you're not going to have great days every day. I'm not sure you're you're the expert, but for people who maybe don't know, can you explain the four phases and maybe the general symptoms for for many women? But I'm sure because it's hormones, it's different for every woman. But if you have some sort of general, general advice, that would be cool. Yeah, definitely. So when we talk about hormone imbalances, um, I do want to highlight that almost up to 80% of women experience some sort of hormone imbalances in their bodies. And Mm. I think when we hear the word hormones, which is kind of like sends us into this cold sweat and we're like, oh my gosh, menopause, puberty, pregnancy, like those are the times when they really make themselves known. When in reality, hormones are actually us and they make us us. And they, the only thing, what they really do is they like this chemical messengers that run around glands and in our body and just communicate that, okay, hello, ovulate, hello, thyroid, produce, um, like increase metabolism, slow down metabolism. So they simply just run around and let our body what needs to happen. And often when we experience hormone imbalances, what that simply means is that it's our glands either produce at an excessive amount hormones or they may be slowed down and they don't produce as many hormones. And the sort of the 
classic symptoms that many women experience are painful periods. Um, also symptoms of premenstrual symptoms. So premenstrual syndrome, things like bloating, migraines, water retention, um, and just feeling this overall discomfort in your body, but also a lot of mental stuff that gets associated like anxiety, depression, mood swings, general sense of irritability. And unfortunately for many women, that goes for almost two weeks out of their cycle. And when we think about that, that's like half of the month that we just mm. simply in struggle without just accepting that this is normal. But just imagine what you can do if you weren't irritable, if you didn't get in fights with your partner for no reason. And if you didn't experience this insane fatigue and energy dips, like the amount of stuff that you'd be able to achieve, the things that you'd be able to sort of dedicate to yourself. So those are some of the common symptoms. Some other symptoms of hormone imbalance are things like sudden weight gain and just inability to lose any weight, uh, which is something I work with with women quite a bit in my practice, because if your hormones are not fighting against you, and if you're not supporting them in a way that supports weight loss, then it will be pretty hard to lose weight. Of course, thyroid gets, um, thyroid function is a big, is a big one. And so many women nowadays experience thyroid discomfort. And because thyroid discomfort is all, all sort of often run, we kind of write it off like a stress symptoms. So if we're fatigued, if we're exhausted, if we're anxious, we go to the doctor, we list out the symptoms and they told, they usually tell us uh, things like, no, it's in your head. Everything is, everything is normal. You might just be stressed. Go have a glass of wine. Yeah. And that <laughs> glass of wine is like causes so much more pain. Actually, yes. it's not the, how you fix thyroid. And I think the statistic that I've read is about 15, one in eight women have thyroid dysfunction and 15 million women uh, in America alone just walk around not really knowing that they have it and just being confused as to like, yeah. why am I experiencing all this brain fog? Why is this happening? And anytime that you experience some sort of um, discomfort, dysfunction, um, just kind of like not feeling like yourself, always question it because those are the things that are really, um, that are signs from your body. It's like your body is talking to you. It's like, yo, this is, this is not working. And this is your chance to pay attention to it. I've kind of diverted, but the question that you've asked is the four phases of the cycle. And it's sort of one of my favorite things to talk about. So your menstrual cycle has four distinct phases. And I like to describe it as your body going through seasons. So it's kind of like female body in general is very, um, it's very much resembles mother earth, which is why we call earth mother because she is, has this feminine resemblance and she's very cyclical. There is four seasons that we go through. So for women, our, we'll start with winter, our winter, the time when we need to sort of retrieve and conserve our energy is our period. So that goes mm -hmm. for about three to seven days. And this is the time when I usually recommend for women to sort of take the period retreats. Don't work out too hard, just have nutrients that nourish you during this time. And usually for period time is since we're losing so much iron and minerals, it's a good time to have more meat and things like lentils and beans if you're a vegetarian. 
And after your period finishes, you usually feel this sort of sudden energy on shift. And this mm. is you entering your inner springtime, other ones known as follicular phase. The reason that it's called follicular is because it stems from the word follicle. And the follicle is what develops in our ovaries. And that's what pops. And that's what sort of um, takes you into the next phase called the ovulatory phase. And ovulatory phase is kind of like our inner summer. It allows us to, this is the also the fertility window for women. There's three to four days where we're able to get pregnant. And after that, we go into our inner fall. And we kind of usually, women can feel this between their ovulation time and up until their period, there is this time where many experience PMS, but also your energy sort of goes because of the hormonal cocktail that goes in your body, your energy switches from this external side to more internal. And this is your inner fall. This is where your body sort of prepares once again to go into period and then restart the next season. I haven't mentioned the hormones that are fluctuating, but basically that's the picture that we go through. Yeah, I love that you talk about them as seasons as well, because Mm -hmm. my personal opinion is when you honor that rest, do more walks and yoga, or maybe lightweights during that period phase, and then move through to doing more intense exercises, you know, once you reach that follicular phase, um, you know, but whatever works for your body. I'm really curious, you've mentioned a few things that To identify imbalances, you would notice that, you know, maybe you're having more fights with your partner, you know, maybe you have a sudden weight gain. But then there's also seasons where we need to honor the way that we're feeling. And personally, like PMS to me, like I like I just get short tempered and stressed. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that could be an imbalance. But for somebody in a similar position, they're listening to this. How would they know if they're they're seasons? are so far out of whack that they've actually got a hormone imbalance and they need to start working towards that? Mm -hmm. Great question. I love that. So your seasons don't so much get out of whack. They kind of exist there and they go in through entire time. The way that you mitigate the hormone imbalances and mitigate the symptoms is you support each season with the easiest way to do it is with nutrition. And the more you do it, the more your symptoms disappear. So let's look at the first half of our cycle. So the first half of our cycle is that follicular and ovulatory phases. That's the time when your period finishes for about two weeks. During this time, your predominant hormone that's on um, on scene is estrogen. And estrogen hormone is slowly, it's kind of low when your period is. At your period is typically your hormones are like the lowest of the low, which is why your energy is so low. And as the estrogen is beginning to rise over the course of follicular and ovulatory phases, estrogen is kind of like the Beyonce of your hormones. It makes you mm-hmm. feel very like outgoing, confident. Your skin is brighter. Your energy is higher. Estrogen also tends to suppress our appetite. So after your period, you're not very hungry for about two weeks, and which is where like the diet culture thrives because this is where women like, I can do salads and I feel amazing. Well, in reality, to support those two phases, eating salads, eating fresher fruits and vegetables, eating, um, exercising in a way that 
like more intensity, more uh, endurance workouts, um, weightlifting is actually very beneficial for our body. So the way you'd support those phases is by having variety of fruits, vegetables, and lighter proteins and sort of a bit heavier on the workouts. And then mm-hmm. as you go into your second phase between your luteal phase and your menstrual phase, sort of over the course of luteal phase, you have this other hormone that takes in place. Now the progesterone sort of dipped, you have this hormone called progesterone that comes onto, um, onto, uh, in the, onto field. And it's kind of, we're going from this, if you're in a concert, you go from like a Beyonce into like a lullaby choir. That's what it <laughs> feels like. The vibe shifts, the energy shifts. You're like, whoa, this is different. And this is what it's happening in your body. What progesterone tends to do is actually, it's hormone called progestation. So it's pro pregnancy. So your body is kind of mm. in the season, technically prepares to get pregnant until you have a period or you continue actually being pregnant. But during this time, your body kind of turns from this super outgoing estrogen. Let's find ourselves a mate and be out there to more like, okay, now we like got knocked up. So we got to be at home and protecting <laughs> this, protecting this baby. So when we look at it as kind of your body's incredibly smart and sort of the pick the fluctuations that it go through, that's the second half of the cycle. And progesterone hormone, if for those women that track their ovulation, uh, they can do it with a basal body temperature, which means you just measure your body temperature every morning with a thermometer under your tongue. You will notice that your temperature goes up by about, I think it's about 0.4 degrees. So your body's elevated temperature, it's working harder, which is why it substitutes with your energy. Your energy is a little bit lower. And also... During this time, your appetite speeds up, which is why many women get hungry. This is where they get, uh, they're just ready to sweep off all of the chips and chocolates. And it (laughs) almost feels like you don't control yourself. When in reality, you naturally burn about 300 more calories a day more because of this hormonal cocktail that's happening in your body. So for women is in this phase, in order not to get this stressy and uh, kind of irritable, we have to be proactive and actually start eating foods that are more nutrient dense. And when mm-hmm. we think about like fall time, so things like stews, things like uh, like rice and sweet potatoes, more root vegetables, things that are much more nutrient um, dense, that's the sort of stuff that will Pre- preface us and it won't send you into like the states of irritability, shortness, because you'll simply by supporting your hormones, the fluctuating, the ebbs and flows that way, um, you'll actually, you'll support them better. Therefore, your symptoms will mitigate. Mm, that's super interesting. I love those, those phases there. How do you help people? So I can imagine people having specific fitness goals, like wanting to go to the gym four times a week and maybe they're doing a certain muscle group split. They leave three days in between because they want to build their muscles and all that sort of stuff. How do you help women that have specific fitness goals, but also really struggle to achieve them through their period and aren't willing to stop working out in a specific way? Well, I would ask why aren't they willing to sort of experiment with a different way of doing things? And I think sometimes understanding what's actually happened biologically in our body can help. So 
in the second half of our cycle, we not just our sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone, they don't work in isolation. They work with our hormones like cortisol, which is our stress hormone. They work with our hormones like blood sugar, like insulin, which is regulates blood sugar. So in the first half of the cycle, you are primed for building muscle. You also have a bit of a stretch of the time where your testosterone is peaking, which is technically known as the male hormone, but women have it in abundance. And we usually, it surges in our bodies around ovulation, which is when it's the best to like lift really heavy weights. If your goal is to raise, um, is to grow that muscle. And then in the second half of the cycle, if you continue to exercise at the same intensity, your body is already working harder. So your cortisol, your stress response is lower in the second half of the cycle. So if you continue mm. exercising really hard, you'll actually begin to raise your cortisol levels. It'll, your body will switch from the moment of like, okay, like this movement is good. And now I'm pushing it too hard. It will go um it will your stress hormone will start pumping at a higher rate and when cortisol pumps that's when insulin pumps which is our sugar hormone when that pumps you actually start to pile up that muscle and waste you're basically doing the counterbalance of the others the other um from what you've done in the first half of the cycle doing the same exercise in the second half of the cycle you'll actually start gaining weight and i've seen it with a couple of my clients that are very much to weightlifting until we switched it they would be like i feel like the results evening out like i'm really working hard in the first half of the cycle the second half of the cycle i'm exhausted but i'm still working hard but nothing is happening when in reality the way that female body is designed is if you work if you i kind of tell women not so much plan workouts a month ahead but not a week ahead sorry but more a month ahead and just know where your periods are so once you do it that way not only will you kind of it's not like you have to exercise less but you will exercise at the moderate amount and doing bringing in variety of activity yes you'll get to the muscle but you also get to a place where you feel good in your body and at the end of the day isn't that the goal <laughs> yeah exactly no matter what mm. size you are it's about yeah. eating well moving well and feeling better about yourself not exercising yeah. from a place of self-hatred um, which I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of us women do do. Um, that's super interesting. So I think you provided, well, you have provided some amazing tips in terms of nutrition and in terms of exercise when it comes to balancing out your cycle. I think it's very clear, you know, lighter foods, intensity, and then, you know, maybe more nutrient-dense food and less intensity. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full-spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. 
These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. How about other areas of your life, like your cognition, your sleep? Do you have any other tips regarding how to balance out your your hormones using your cycle? Absolutely. So our menstrual cycle is kind of it has its own rhythm and it's called the infradian rhythm otherwise known as the rhythm of your menstrual cycle and uh it's just the term infradian for people if you're curious to to know what it's called and this particular rhythm of the menstrual cycle takes us from puberty up until menopause when we have the active cycle and the infradian rhythm also regulates our sleep it regulates how our brain functions it regulates our microbiome it regulates our gut health and there are times in your cycle when you're so much more, when you can sleep so much better and there's time in your cycle where the sleep gets a little bit more challenging. So once you learn to support more, once you learn just to work with your um, sort of sex hormone menstrual fluctuations, the rest of the hormones will work in symphony with it. And when we look Mm -hmm. at hormones, it's kind of like it's like the symphony orchestra. And when something, if you listen to symphony orchestra and there's like one violin that plays things off note, you'll hear it and you'll be like, whoa, whoa, like what's happening here? Like it'll just destroy the entire music. So that's what happens with hormones. Once, let's say, um, your sex hormones are off and this is when you'll experience things like um, what we spoke about, PMS and painful periods. But then we also have sort of the tier above it hormones, things like insulin, our blood sugar or our cortisol hormones. And if you experience too much stress, it will echo in in your, in your menstrual cycle and in your sex hormones. So if you don't support your, if you don't manage your stress properly, some women if it's if it gets too severe some women lose their periods the same thing with insulin or the hormone that regulates blood sugar if your diet is excessive in processed foods and sugars then your um your body won't won't convert um your hormones in the way causing conditions like polycystic ovary syndrome which is one of the most common conditions uh gynecological conditions for women at the moment so once you support your sort of sex, I would I would say the most important thing is, is to manage your stress, to make sure that your diet consists of whole foods and um, like whole, whole foods and then managing your and working with your cycle, implementing maybe one food per cycle where you just kind of learning how to work with it. And there's plenty of applications uh, that allow you to track your cycle. So you kind of always know which phase you're in. And once you do that, your sleep will get better, your mood will get better. And it's just, it's kind of like um, the overall picture, which is why female health is so holistic. There isn't just one thing that you do, but it's like, 
as much as nutrition, as much as it is movement, as much as it is stress management, it's like a whole picture that comes into play. Mm. I hope that answers the question that you, you've asked. <laughs> no, it definitely does. And I mean, that's why this is called the Holistic Fitness Podcast. I give people yeah. frameworks. I don't give people a, a plan. You know, it grinds my gears when I see a person with a body type similar to mine being like, follow this 30-day booty program and you're going to get a butt like me. It's untrue. Everyone's body is different. <laughs> right. You know, I, I have a big butt pretty naturally. It doesn't take long to build. But hey, if it was to me building my chest, um, that would be extremely difficult. I've got a larger, larger bottom than a top. And holistic fitness is about, you know, and I'm sure the way you help your clients is, hey, here's the general guidelines of what you need to do to be happy, healthy, and fit, but experiment. You know, your body yeah. is different. Experiment what you enjoy and those cycles. And I love what you've spoken about in terms of eating well, moving well, and then the stress management. You know, I'm really big yeah. on that. Stress management is a whole beast though. Could you tell me what you've noticed with your clients and your practice or with yourself as the best things to help manage people's stress in general? Oh, that's a very good question. We also can talk about it for a whole other uh, <laughs> podcast. But I think the biggest thing with stress for women specifically is the perceived stress. It's mm. not that we have a real thing that is going to kill us. It's the perceived stress that things like uh, your body image stresses you out. You wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I look horrible again. Um, your boss maybe stresses you out. Maybe um, it's like the future finances, you name it, all of this perceived stresses. We don't really have a lot of physical danger nowadays um, for most of us, but a lot of it is what's happening in our minds. So I think some of the great things to do is to recognize your triggers because what stress is, is just response to a trigger and just find what are the things that are uh, that are truly triggering you because your boss telling you at work, like redo this project doesn't necessarily mean that you're this terrible person and you need to stress about it. Your boss just maybe just ask you to redo the project. And I think that's when it comes, the stuff that I do a lot with my clients is thought work. And thought work is just understanding and you can, and I think this can be, can sound crazy to some people, but your thoughts you can choose them. Like they're not an obsolete. We think 60,000 thoughts a day. And unfortunately, most of them are negative because the way our brain is wired is to look for danger. So we'll always be looking for things that are dangerous. But when we know that, we can become a little bit more conscious of the thoughts that we're choosing. And I think one of the most important ones is how you start your morning. Like if you start your morning thinking that, oh my gosh, I have no money. If the first thought that you wake up is like, I have no money, I'm so anxious, I'm so fat. I'm so this. Like naturally, those thoughts will create a certain feeling in your body, and mm. those feelings will drive your day and will drive your action. So if you wake up thinking, oh, "I'm so fat," then naturally, like when you think about it, the feelings that it might create is like disappointment. So when you're disappointed, you probably won't be focusing too hard on trying to drink water, trying to stay healthy, going to the gym. You'll be like, "Well, why? Why bother?" Whether if you woke up in the morning, you're like. I'm so healthy. I get to see another day. And at first it might feel unnatural, especially if you've been spinning in negative self-talk so much. But once you catch yourself on those things, and when you think like, I'm actually so healthy, and whether you believe it 100% or no, you kind of, 
you land in your body and then you feel a bit more like hopeful. And that's when you do drink that water, you kind of do exercise, you find the energy to go work out because your brain just looks for the evidence of like, where am I healthy as opposed to where am I fat? So it's like, I think it's so important for women specifically to learn and take agency of our thoughts and also Mm. know that they're optional. They're not forever. And I think once we do that, once we get our mindset under control, we can reduce so many stressors. Yeah. And I love the way you explain that about those mornings and, and even provided a disclaimer that it it feels unnatural to begin with because the reality is if someone wakes up and says, I have no money and they do have no money, that's all you can think about. You know, you're, you're so worried about that sense of stability and and where the next paycheck's going to come from. So you can pay your rent or your house payment or whatever it is. And it's kind of easy to sit here on a podcast and say, Oh, think more positive, but you've actually provided that example of, you know, yes, it seems unnatural, but you will look for evidence throughout the day of where things are more, you know, where you can maybe be grateful for what you have, you know, even though it is hard. It is hard when you don't have money in it. And I think a lot of people, they don't view the thought work the same way that they view maybe doing a 100 kilogram bench press. Personally, I can't bench 100. Um, Well done for everyone that can. Um, But you know, we know that that's a process. We know that it takes time to bench 100 kilograms. But when we think about our thoughts and once we hear that they're optional, we just expect to switch them so quickly. But it is a process. Yeah. And also like, you don't go like, I I go to the gym, but I wouldn't bench a hundred. If I go to the gym, I just don't bench a hundred. Maybe I'll lift 20, maybe I'll like lift 15 and you kind of start small. And the same with thought work. If you wake up, I don't like, I think the money topic is great because sometimes people, 80% of women worry about money, whether they have it or not. It's just, it's so programmed in us. It's just, this is what we stress about the most. But in reality, when you think about it and you like, because when, if you wake up and you say, I have no money, like question that thought. Is that true? Because if you have a mortgage, maybe you have like a line of credit, maybe you've got a paycheck that's coming up, like having no money, you're not homeless, like unless you are, but if you're not homeless, like you kind of, we just, we go into this dramatic scenarios of like, mm. this is it, like it's complete. But actually, if you really look at it as the facts and like the circumstance is I have, I don't know, $300 in my account versus I have no money, it feels very different. So separating how we think about it and separating around what the factually happening is like, that's for some people is work enough pursuing because it's such a realization that, okay, $300 in the account, I have no money. It's a very different feel to it. It's like, it's yeah. like oh, okay, maybe I don't die. <laughs> for sure. And that also raises a point, you know, a conversation I had with one of my friends, this would have been years ago, four or five years ago. And no money to her is having like $1,000 in her bank account. No yeah. money to me is having like five cents in my bank account because I grew up with a single yeah. mom week to week. So for me, no money is no money. But for her, no money is like a hundred, a thousand dollars. And oh no, like my savings are dwindling. <laughs> 
Exactly. And you just, but this for you, for your primitive brain, when you kind of present it that way, it thinks you have a tiger outside is about to eat you. And like, we do that with our thoughts. We're like, whoa. And then it sets us in heart palpitations. We wake up in the middle of the night. And in reality, when you think about it, like, what do I own? And what can I sell? Like, can I remortgage my house? Can I do this? When you really start looking at solutions, you don't not have money. Most of us have money. Most of us have homes. Most of us pay rent and bills. Like when we really look at this, the money specifically is such a hot topic for women. Like it's not that. And when you in this hopeless position of have no money, you you don't give your brain an opportunity to look for things as opposed to about the same thought. You could be like, okay, $300. And this is what I was going to say. As far as when you don't believe a thought, maybe you say you can't go from like, I have money to I'm rich. Like that's that's yeah. too big of a gem. Like you're like, uh, okay, now, now we're just dreaming. But maybe and like a thought that can be getting you to that thought is I'm open to the idea that I can make more money. And mm. I think something along those lines, and then that's something you can believe. And when you can, and it's like finding the thoughts you can believe. And it's like, hmm, I'm open to the idea. I don't know. Maybe I can drive an Uber. Maybe I can go to Starbucks. Maybe I can do promotion. Maybe I like, and then you come with ideas. But when you're like, I have no money. Like you just, you naturally, killed any resourcefulness in your brain and that's where the stress is born so I think that's the work that needs to be done oh for sure and I can see how that translates to a lot of women that I interact with that say I can't lose weight I'm just not capable of losing weight I have not lost weight my mum can't lose weight no matter how well I eat and how much I exercise, I never lose weight you know you can reframe that to I'm open to the idea of being in a lighter body I'm open yeah. to the idea of that's such a great way to reframe things and affirm things without being unrealistic or without drumming something into your head that you just don't believe. Yeah. And that's like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of mantras just because you can stand in front of the mirror and repeat mantra forever. And then you're like, why isn't it working? Manifestations books told me that it do, but it just doesn't. We have to believe it. And I love that you said, I can't lose weight. If you're somebody that believes you can't lose weight, you won't be able to lose weight. Mm. You have to change the person that you are to someone that maybe I'm open to the idea that perhaps it's possible for me. The women that I work with on weight loss, we do fix hormones but it comes down to their mental health because if as a person they don't think of themselves as they can never lose weight they'll never become that person but once you kind of allow that a little bit then you definitely will because when you think I can't lose weight the kind of the this the the feel that it'll create is like this despair and disappointment before you even start it. And of course, when you feel desperate, you'll more binge eat, you'll go eat sweets. You'll be like, why bother? When, when you say, I'm open to the idea that I can like, well, maybe today I'll just have salad. Well, maybe today. And like, this is the maybes, the small habits that will actually get you to your weight loss goal. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. And that's why, you know, pe- other personal trainers might argue with me on my stress management side of things that, oh, it's only calories in, calories out. And it's like, well, what are the habits oh. that drive calories in, calories out? You know, and then also if we're talking hormones as well, it's how are those calories being distributed within the body as well? So um, calories in, calories out is important. Yeah. But those habits that are driving the calories that you put in your body um, and the calories you expend, they're, they're important too. 
Yeah, absolutely. The whole calories in and out argument has been disproven so many times. I can see why it's been by numbers, but when you eat a kilo of broccoli and when you eat a kilo of donuts, it's going to very different reactions will take, take in place in your body. So the whole calories in and calories out, uh, won't dive too much into it, but it's, it's <laughs> not, not accurate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a thousand calories of broccoli versus a thousand calories of a donut are very, very different things. Something I do want to get your opinion on that I've heard before, I'm not <laughs> sure if it's true, is that the work day, the, the nine to five work week was based on the male hormone cycle, not the female hormone cycle. Do you have any thoughts or opinions on on that? Yeah, that's actually one of the things I was going to go back to and I didn't. So when we talk about women's 28-day cycle, I kind of refer to 28, but if your period is anywhere between 25 and 35 days, that's considered normal. That's the sort of the infradian rhythm, the name that I've mentioned earlier. That's mm. our inner rhythm. Men's hormones also fluctuate, but their fluctuations happens on the 24-hour clock. So right. they have they don't have the same sex hormones that we do, not in the same concentration. They technically do do have the same hormones, but they uh, like their testosterone and their uh, cortisol typically peaks around six o'clock in the morning, which is when men wake up and they're like, I'm ready to crush the workout. Wow. And then that's kind of like, and then up to about seven, 11 o'clock, 11 to one o'clock, this is when they go into their follicular phase. So they go wake up in the morning from six to 11. And when you think from the corporate clock between like 10 and two, this is where a lot of our important meetings take place. This mm-hmm. is where this is like our inner spring for women. After our period, we feel like, whoa, so energized. That's the same for men on their clock. And then when we think about their sort of two to five o'clock, this is when they're kind of like their inner summer happens. For us, that's ovulation. That's our most communicative open time. And this is traditionally when the happy hours are scheduled. So this is when men kind of go and like uh, be very social. And then by about 7 p.m., their hormones begin to wane. They kind of want to be at home, maybe watch Netflix, maybe read a book. That's our luteal phase that kicks in from about uh, from about. 7 p.m. for them until uh, until midnight, until 11. For us, that's our luteal phase that goes for about two weeks between our ovulation and our period. So, and then men's winter, kind of what ours is period when our energy replenishes. For them, that's when they sleep and they their hormones replenish when they sleep again and they begin to go again. So when we think about hardcore exercises day in, day out to grow muscle, it's it's designed, it's primed for female physiology. They designed to repeat things in and out, which is why if you ever tried to lose weight with your boyfriend and he wakes up at 6 a.m. and he's like, you're ready to go to the gym? Like every day for like two weeks out of your cycle, you'll be like, yeah. And then the other two weeks, you'd be like, uh, no. And when we don't have that information about our hormones, we kind of feel like something wrong with us. And then we couldn't keep up. Like we got tired when in reality, mm-hmm. their hormones operate in 24 hours, our hormones operate on 28 days. So it's like, it's a very different schedule. So when we think about corporate clock, doing things nine to five, day in, day out, being productive between, I don't know, nine to two, then having lunch, having social hours, doing things the same way over and over again, that works for male physiology. So yes, the current, and it's it goes from like industrial ages from when the schedules was established. Like it is strictly built on female biology, which is why women are traditionally 50% more burned out than men on average. And I think it's McKinsey that puts out a report every single year and every single year they 
report those numbers increasing. But if we clue in with our cycle, if we take our period and treat it like men treat their sleep, let's say, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying to call off sick for work, but more like take more frequent breaks, maybe work from home, like just chill for a day or two, your energy will completely shift in how you show up for the rest of the cycle. Wow. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That is so insane. Apart from being able to take more breaks and maybe work from home, maybe during those luteal and uh, luteal phases. Specifically and, menstrual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, like I know if I cancel client meetings, so I'm full-time corporate girly and I love being a corporate girly. I love leading a large team. It's a big job. And you know, when I am on my period, I am more tired. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. doubt I'd be able to cancel corporate meetings um, and then tell, you know, the president of my company, sorry, got my period. So what, how would you How cool would that be? How cool would it be? Yeah. Excuse me, check out this McKenzie report about how women are more 50% burnt out. I know maybe I could, could put a pitch together for that of of less meetings during, uh, during the menstrual phase. What are your suggestions here for people that maybe feel stuck in their jobs and that their employer wouldn't understand? Yeah, well, which is why I do a lot of um, workshops with organizations just to bring that knowledge. And because um, we know organizations today struggle with things like burnout, um, lack of inability to retain employees, uh, things like, like mental health. That thing takes a toll. And often the people that carry the majority burden of it is a women because not only do we have that but we also have so many other responsibilities i think having an open culture and actually even bringing it up to the radar can be helpful because when women follow this um kind of respect to even understand this they are it's been proven they're more productive they're more creative just slightly on a different schedule but given that it, these changes don't happen overnight some of the things that i would recommend of course when you are able to work from home and also, typically, if you if you don't track your cycle, like why start tracking your cycle? <laughs> so that way, you know, when your period comes, so you're able to view ahead those meetings a month ahead. So you know, when things are happening. And if you can't avoid a meeting, and it does happen on that day, like, if you if it's happened a freakishly day that you have eight hours of meetings, just understand that this will happen. But the moment it's done, just go home right away. Don't schedule anything after and just allow yourself as much rest during that time as possible. It's a perfect example because I've done a TED talk where I spoke about menstrual cycle as your superpower. And one thing I didn't want for TED talk to happen is for it to fall on my period. And of course, with like oh, all no. of the changes, just in the first day of my period, it was my TED talk. But because I was so prepared for it, it's like, it's been so done. It wasn't as much, it wasn't as hard to do it, but the moment it was done, it was like game over. I had to go home and I needed like, even though people wanted to celebrate, it's a big deal, but it was just, I just drew the boundary that I'm going home after, after work and I'm going and having a salt bath. Things like Epsom salt baths are amazing. That full of magnesium, really healthy food and just going to bed early just taking care of yourself sometimes you're gonna have to get a bit creative and just expect less of yourself during those and it's not the entire week it's more like two maybe one two days where you really feel the oncoming of of your period so yeah plan those a little bit ahead and I think that will create a lot of empowerment 
I love that, Dinara. And I love that you shared that example as well, because personally, I'm on the heaviest day of my period right now. And I have a really busy week at work, lots and lots of (laughs) meetings. And also, I don't know how I've done it um, because I do limit them. I've got seven podcast recordings this week. And I was thinking about when I was going to go to the gym. I'm like, okay, so I can go to the gym at 9 p.m. But you know what? I've got Epsom salts. I'm going to take an Epsom salt bath instead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know why that happens is because we typically tend to, I don't know how long ahead you planned these things, but if you plan them two weeks ahead, like sometimes specifically after your period and your follicular phase, you get so excited and you're like, yeah. let's book stuff. I can't wait to get it. Cause I've done this, like the amount of time that I got to my period and I'm like, I teach this stuff. Why is my calendar so full in my period? But it's because like two weeks from there, people are like, yeah, okay, two weeks from now works. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And you like add those things and then you get to time. So I'm a bit more proactive. I'm like, I'm significantly more proactive with it now, but it's it honestly does take a bit of awareness. But now that you know it, you'll you'll know when to how maybe to postpone the bookings. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> maybe that's what I have my week off. That's amazing. Yeah. I have absolutely loved having you on the podcast, Anara. You've just shared so many amazing tips that I personally learned and I know that our listeners will learn from as well. We do have a closing question on the Holistic Fitness Podcast. <laughs> and that is, if you could give your 20-year-old self one sentence of advice, what would you tell her? Um, it's going to be okay. Don't sweat it. (laughs) I love that. That's probably what I'll tell her because I think we're so hard on ourselves. And interestingly, I do talk a lot to my, I think there's three people that live within us. There is the younger self, there is our current self, and then there's our future self. And I do um, interact with them like without kind of making it in air quote marks, especially if you have a lot of corporate people, they're like, what is she talking about? (laughs) But actually like my younger self is she's the one that sort of hooked me up to be where I am today. And then it's kind of the same sort of things. I'm looking at my, I'm working today in order to hook up my future self. And when you have that relationship, kind of intra time relationship with yourself, you're able to plan your time and plan your life in the way that supports kind of your progression. And I think I'm much more chill now. And that's why to kind of to my 20 years old year old self is the thing is like okay but at the same time I'm grateful that she did she did hustle a little bit because yeah now we're here (laughs) exactly but I do love that advice because I do think you know when we're 20 personally for me anyway we do catastrophize and stress out about things that maybe don't need to be stressed out about and yes that's how we learn but you know if Mm -hmm. um I know my audience is is in their later 20s and 30s. But, you know, if there is anyone that's 20 that's listening to that, uh, you know, that's that's really important. <laughs> yeah, and there's a season for life, isn't it? There is time for yeah, everything. <laughs> for sure. I'm sure so many people just want to learn so much more about how they can optimize their hormone cycle to get more done. So where can we all find you, Danara? Amazing. So my name is Dinara, which is D-I-N-A-R-A dot M-U-K-H. And that's the best place to find me on Instagram at Instagram Dinara dot M-U-K-H. I'm also on TikTok and I'm quite active if you're curious to learn different tips. And I also have a podcast called Feel Better, Be Better. And if you are curious, I talk more about menstrual cycles 
on it if you want to dive into deeper. And if you're somebody that has experiencing hormone imbalances, I also have a free hormone imbalance quiz that I can send you that maybe you can put in the in the show notes. Um, so that way we can, um, Lori can share it with you guys. And then if you want to take that quiz just to see where you might be actually experiencing some imbalances, might give you a bit of picture as to what you should be addressing. Wonderful. I will make sure to pop all of those details in the show notes. Awesome. It's been fabulous to have you on the podcast, Anara. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And for everyone listening at home or in the car or wherever you are today, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.